Every day is an opportunity for you to learn something that sets your home improvement or home services business apart from the competition. Let's make today one of those days. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. You've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate an uncomfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. Hey, what's up, y'all? Matt here with Hatch in another episode of Built By. As always, I hope everything's going awesome for you on this Thursday, March 25th. So every marketing department I've ever been a part of, it's kind of the same dynamic. It's always one to two people. Um, there are some expectations that get put on internally and externally, which is interesting because I think marketing is really one of the only departments that has roles to fill um, when it comes to external, when you're driving leads, uh, you know, driving revenue, building that brand, you know, creating content for for everyone to use in the organization. Um, additionally, you're kind of the pep squad internally. So all of the, you know, things that you're putting together um, kind of gets your team hyped up, makes them excited. When they see a customer testimonial that, you know, that really enjoyed their bath remodeling job, um, it just kind of gets your install team a little hyped, right? You know, all of these things combined and marketing is still, you know, one of the first places, if not the first place people look when the ax comes down to, you know, reduce resources. So maximizing your potential, on limited resources is very important. And that's what we're going to dive into today with Vicky. So to kind of set the scene of today's episode a little bit, um, I had seen Vicky's name pop up with Exterior Source on a uh, webinar that one of our partners did, uh, Leap. Um, great partners of ours. You've probably heard of them. The name Exterior Source kind of stuck out to me. And I know I had seen it before, but I couldn't figure out what. And then I Googled it and found it was right down the road. And then I realized, oh, Exterior source. I mean, they've been around since, you know, I've been around, right? Um, they do an amazing job of marketing. And I think that's really the the crux of, you know, good marketing is when you see the name, you kind of recognize it, and then it clicks with you and you're like, oh, yeah, that's them. And the reason I wanted to talk to Vicky today specifically about this topic is because she's had experience in so many different areas of not even just marketing. Um, she was in retail. Um, she worked for the biggest blockbuster competitor at the time. Um, she did marketing for kind of one of the cornerstones of my childhood, which is the minor league baseball team here, Richmond Braves. It was a farm team for the Atlanta Braves. She worked at Architect. She ran the marketing department over there. Uh, and all of these things have led to her current role. So we're going to dive in a little bit about how all of that has kind of shaped her and her role now. So one of the cool parts of this episode that I really enjoyed was diving into the marketing mixing bowl, which is Vicky's take on creating an integrated marketing campaign that pulls in um, you know, social media, PPC, uh, TV ads, radio ads, all of these different things that make up exterior sources marketing strategy. So we're going to dive into that, get her insights there. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and kick the episode off. Again, this is Vicki Kiger, Director of Marketing at Exterior Source. I hope you enjoy. Hey, 
very varied, varied background, I guess you would say. But <laughs> everything that I've done has helped what I've done for later on. So I think that's always um, important. Sometimes people change complete fields, but still you always bring something from your previous job. I started in, at a graduate school, I started in retail um, with a department store. I worked on the floor, you know, selling things. And then I went to the advertising department and worked for the advertising director. So that really set me up for future jobs. Then I went to the Richmond Braves, minor league baseball, AAA. Um, and I did, I was an intern and then I did um, group sales. And then I did, um, I did player appearances and some, you know, community relations. So all that helped me down the line for almost every other job I had. Um, then I went to video world, which was a video chain complete, uh, which would is in competition with Blockbuster at the time, you know, back mm -hmm. in the old days when you rented videos. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so that job, I got that job because of the events I had done at the Braves. So that's one of the main reasons why. That's the first time I was actual the marketing director. I became, my title was marketing director at Video World. And um, I did events and advertising there. I did hundreds and hundreds of events there which allowed me to get the job with Martins further on down the road. Um, after Video World, I went to Architect, which was the largest deck builder in the United States, and uh, did their national uh, marketing and advertising. Uh, HDTV was just starting then, and I got us, we did actual HGTV ads. And I can remember the franchisees were like, we don't, we don't know what that is. And they began to see it because they started getting sales from it. So it was, we were one of the first advertisers on HGTV. I've always been very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And that led me to eventually again down the road to the job I have today because they're very similar. In between, um, I did another sports job. And then I went to Martin's grocery chain. That was five years, and I did hundreds of events, and these were big events. We did a lot of things with uh, sports backers in Richmond, you know, which mm -hmm. they're very well known, actually, nationwide. And we we did, I mean, I, I was at every event in town. So um, that was that was probably the most varied job I did of everything that I've done. And then mm -hmm. I came to um, Exterior Source which is very similar to the architect job. So <laughs> everything I did in every single job helped me further on down the line, everything, even if it was, it was good or if it was bad, there's bad that happens in jobs. And also you learn from that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to zoom in a little bit to that architect experience, you know, okay. that, that was really kind of your first foray into to home improvement. Yes, um, yes. How have things kind of changed since then, um, especially in the marketing side, to to where you're at now with Exterior Source and, and how yeah. you're you're kind of doing things on that side? Well, I think the major thing was if if I remember correctly, that was the beginning of pay-per-click. Um, mm. We just started doing pay-per-click. I didn't really know that much about it. You know, I learned about it, uh, hired somebody. I actually did it at first, if you can believe that, because that's <laughs> back when, a, when you could do it and you didn't have to hire somebody who had like yeah. a doctorate degree in pay-per-click. Um, <laughs> so um, I did it and then we hired somebody because, you know, I could see it was growing and getting more complex. And so that was the beginning of that. And 
it's changed where now you wouldn't really think of being a marketing director and not using online advertising, whatever it might be, pay-per-click. You wouldn't even think of, of your job without that as a component of it. So that's drastically changed. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's the main thing. And the industry has changed. Composite decking was just beginning in its infancy then when I was yeah. at Architect. Um, we started building with composite products, and now composite is a huge part of the market in the decking industry. We still do pressure-treated decks because um, they're at least ex they're less expensive. But um, yeah, it's that's another thing. Just the way the products have evolved and new products have come into the market, of course. That's interesting, and <clears throat> I really want to highlight you know one thing that you mentioned there, which is. You know, pay-per-click was in its infancy then, and now it's it's a component of a lot of, you know, effective marketing strategies today. And this is something we were talking about yesterday, and you used a phrase that uh, I, I personally, I, I'm stealing it, I'm going to start using it, which is, <laughs> you know, the marketing mix, mixing bowl, which uh -huh. is you need, you need your hands on a lot of different areas. And <clears throat> this is something I want to zoom into, like, a little bit later on in the podcast. Okay. Um, but uh, I thought that it was interesting that you, you, you know, then to now and, you know, you were your early experience um, with HGTV and the ads and how that all has kind of culminated now. It's, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now at Exterior Source, um, what are some things that like when you first joined the team um, that you've obviously last year was a was a big a big to do, yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. Know, leading into this year, so how have you like pivoted since that, and for everything that kind of happens um, that would like interrupt your marketing, um, you know, plan your flow there? Well, so we did. I'd, I'd say I'd look at two things. Um, Prior to March of last year, which most everybody had to pivot. I don't know that there's anybody who didn't. Mm -hmm. um, in the fall of 2019, our owner made a change in strategy. He wanted to get us out of print. There's various reasons for that. Um, we were still productive in print, but he wanted to move us out of print and go into more pay-per-click. We were doing pay-per-click. He just wanted mm -hmm. to ramp it up like five times what it, what it was. So mm -hmm. we started, you know, doubling it, tripling it, and we've increased it quite dramatically. We've actually stopped all print and, and we're putting that money into pay-per-click. So he did that. He had me work on that in the fall of 2019. So luckily, it was, uh, it was really <laughs> at a great time because when March came of 2020 and everybody's at home and online is exploding and that's where you're, you're, everybody's doing that. You're, you're seeing it just grow and grow and grow. We were already prepared for that. Now, had we, we mm. could have certainly made the shift. We would have mm. made the shift anyway in that March, but we'd already with, with pay-per-click and with online, you have to build you have to build that up. You can't just start it and day one, you have like 800 leads. You gotta, you gotta build that up. That's just the way it, it is with online. So mm -hmm. I think that's the two things. Luckily for us, we were prepared for that ahead of time, but we did pivot 
in March, I think the main thing we did was virtual sales presentations. Anybody in our hmm. business had to do virtual sales presentations. That didn't really affect me. I just had to publicize it, but our sales team had to. And then the other thing with that did affect me and we talked a little bit about this as I acquired a second job. <laughs> so, um, we had a uh, company handle on our social media and our owner sent me a text message. I remember in, in March of last year and said, I'm, I'm getting rid of our uh, the team and you're going to handle social media. And I'm like, OK. Um, and I've got basically 30 days to learn every single thing, how the <laughs> newsletters put together, all the media we're handling, do the schedule, uh, learn how to do. And I knew, I mean, I posted on social media along with the, the uh, ad agency that we had doing it, but I didn't do it full time and I didn't plan out all the strategy. So that was a huge pivot. I mean, for me, mm -hmm. that was massive. I acquired a, an entire job to go along with my current job. So that was a real big change personally for me and, and actually for the company. So. Yeah. See, that is actually a great segue into kind of our main topic today, you know, which is that's, I, that's one thing I think most home improvement marketers have faced at some point in their career. Um, you know, even me personally, not even being at home improvement, my last company, we were very, very thinly stretched in the marketing <laughs> department. Uh, yes. You know, it's usually one or two people. So <laughs> It's all about kind of maximizing your own potential and what you can get out of things with such a small department. And, yeah. you know, like you mentioned, there's always things coming down the pipe from leadership that's like, hey, well, I want to try this. We're going to completely change everything. Try this. And, you know, being positive, handling that sort of thing. So tell me, you know, it's interesting having worked with with such large companies and now in your current role where it's really you and I know you've had a few people um, kind of supporting you in some endeavors, but what are some of the like pros and cons, I guess, of, of you know, having that small marketing team and, and kind of running it from a director level? Well, if you have a small team and, and ours is pretty small because it's, it's me and uh, <laughs> I mean, now I have people, we outsource uh, handling the website and, and, and the pay-per-click because those are I can't, I can't do those. Those are, right. you have to have somebody who specializes in that now. That's beyond the scope of most marketing directors to handle because it's, when you're a company of a certain size, you need to do that. You have to go outside of the company. So, um, but the, the benefit is that we can react very quickly. So if our owner decides he wants to move money to something, we can literally do that the next week. Um, you know, you start the ball rolling that day, but you can make the change uh, fairly quickly. So that's one one really good benefit. And I've never had a big staff in any of those jobs I talked about. Two is the most people that I've ever had in the office working with me and they were both part-time and that was at Architect. Mm -hmm. um, so when here at Exterior Source, we had, uh, we had an outside agency handling social media and our newsletter. And then we had, uh, we have the web, the web development team and all that, which is still with us. And then mm -hmm. I had somebody doing direct mail. We were doing uh, a lot of uh, online direct mail and both of those got wiped out in the, you know, all that happened this past year. So um, that's, I guess the, the benefit is that you can move quickly. The, mm, the con of the whole thing is that you, you get 
you better be organized. <laughs> you have to be very, very disciplined and extremely organized. You have to have a lot of lists. I have clipboards up here. I have, I'm looking at them. I have four, well, five clipboards and each one of them is extremely important and I use it every day. It's our social media plan for every single day for the month. I plan that ahead of time. I don't plan it day by day. You better mm -hmm. not do that. And <laughs> then I have a list with the graphic designer. She's freelanced to have her do certain things. And I have mm -hmm. a list with our web people. I have a list with the TV people. So you, you have to you have to be very organized. And even if you are really organized, sometimes <laughs> you just have little roadblocks and you, you just have to be able to, as the, the big word for the last year was pivot. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I think that organization is huge and that's, so you, you organize everything by kind of the, the, the project it is. Um, yeah. Well, sort of. I have I have buckets, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. a social media bucket, and in that bucket will be the plan for the month. And it'll it'll be you know I've got to come. It's great. You do the plan. Well, that's wonderful. You have your plan, but you've got to put the plan in action. You've got to have content for every one of those days. So I got to do that. Then the mm -hmm. graphic designer, I get him. She gets involved with me. Um, I'll have I'll tell her we have certain columns. It might be uh, outdoor living or tip of the day or house of the month or something like that. So mm -hmm. I'll give her the um, the art I want her to use and the wording and she puts it together. So that helps me. So we have something nice and professional. Um, then I have a TV bucket where there's a schedule. Um, I know what ads are running because we do infomercials and we do a lot of a lot of that. Then I have a list with the web people. Here's the changes that need to happen to the website or this isn't working and needs to be fixed. Or I just read about this. Can we do this? And mm -hmm. so I work I work in buckets, but I start off the day in social media and then I kind of go from there in between. Uh, there's 150 plus emails a day. And the other thing that's happening is people are starting. We didn't have this when the agency was handling social media as much, but people are starting to comment and respond and ask questions and interact on social media because I'm trying to interact. That's me doing that too. So like today we had five questions. I mean, that's not a lot for some people, but I have to handle each one of those. And some of them were very specific things they wanted. And <laughs> I had to call somebody to ask, can we do this? So, you know, you, you, you gotta be able to manage a lot of things that there's a lot of, you're doing this, you're, you're a juggler. I always have yeah. said, if you're in marketing, you're a juggler with a whole bunch of balls up in the air. <laughs> kind of managing that chaos. That's, mm -hmm. that's, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think everybody can kind of relate to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You know, a big thing of, of this though, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but, um, it's easy to get burnt out, you know, with a lot of this stuff going on mm -hmm. and finding motivation, um, is, can be tricky, I guess. Um, yeah. for me personally, what I've, I've found is that if, if we get a lead from here, um, I consider that a win. And if we get, you know, some engagement over here on a social media post, I consider that a win. And all of these things kind of culminate to keeping me motivated, keeping me on track. For you personally, what, what do you view as like the wins and, and what kind of keeps you motivated to, to come in every day and answer the list of things you got to do? <laughs> well, um, so I'll start with uh, social media, I, I think, since I took that over. Um, 
a win for me would be if somebody engages with us, if they like our post, if they follow us, if they uh, answer back or ask a question or somehow they engage with us. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's, I do all the analytics too. And it's, it can be depressing if you go along and you're looking at it and it says, oh, two people like this, one person like that. You're like, oh my gosh, that's just, I'm doing all this work to get one person in the whole world to like it. So yeah, yeah. you want to see an increase. And so we've seen that and that's been, uh, that's motivating because you think you're on the right track. The newsletter, I took over the newsletter and I try to make, I'll tell you what I told the the agency, and, and I, this is my philosophy about the newsletter and all of our social media. It's bright and sunny. We had the coronavirus last year. We didn't ignore it, but we didn't talk a lot about it. There's plenty of other people talking about it. My focus was on bright and sunny. So I want to make us the HGTV of a local market. So that's my, that's how I want to brand us all of our social on our website and that type of thing. So it's important to me to, to really keep that focus. And so if we see people engaging, that makes me think we're on the right track. So that's one thing, increased leads. If we have more leads this year than we had last year, we had a good year last year. Most mm -hmm. people in our industry did because people were at home and looking at all the things they needed to fix. So um, if we have an increase, which we are, we have had a huge increase this year, which is fantastic. So that's mm -hmm. motivating. Um, if we have, I, and, and I think just then personally for me, um, some of the things that have happened on LinkedIn, uh, doing those leap webinars, which we talked about, um, and then doing the podcast today. Personally, for me, I think those are, I really like doing them and, and I'm happy to share anything that I can to help somebody. So that's a personal motivator too. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You know, personal brand building. That mm -hmm. that's huge today, yeah. especially. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Um, you know, you mentioned the HGTV. You want your newsletter to kind of be the um, you know guiding light um, HGTV thing, something people can look forward to. And it seems like a lot of your marketing is kind of inspiration based. Like mm -hmm. you're you're trying to inspire homeowners. Yes. Um, is that you know, kind of calculated? Is that what your, your kind of go-to market, you know, your, your strategy is around is inspiring homeowners to get, you know, to want to do some home improvements around the house, things like that. Yes. And I mean, that's my philosophy with all of our social media and our newsletter, all of it. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at our social media and we are literally on everything, I mean, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. I think I got mm -hmm. them all. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I try to use the theme of it, it's not always about we're an exterior home improvement project. We do gutter, siding, roofing, windows, doors, and decks. So it's everything exterior. We don't go inside the home and do anything. I mean, we might have to if we take windows out, but we don't do inside products like kitchens and baths. But you will see that on our social media, sometimes I'll post something about interior things because I look at it. Not everybody 
we certainly don't want to sell all the time. People aren't interested in you sell, 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 and they want to learn something. I'm a consumer too. When I look at somebody's social media, I want it to help me. I want to learn something from it. I want to see, hey, that's a really pretty paint color. What is that color? Maybe I could change my kitchen cabinets to this. I could do that. I could do this. So mm -hmm. I look at a lot of other social media and I look at a lot of newsletters from things like Better Homes and Gardens, Country Living, House Beautiful, HGTV, DIY. And I try to learn from that. And I try to put out into the exterior source universe that type of information. It'll help a homeowner, whether it's inside, outside of their house, landscaping, but it's always home driven mm. and it's always positive. I, I can't think of, we've not done anything negative. We, it's always positive because I don't want people to come to us and be sad. I want them to be <laughs> happy and full of sunshine. So yeah. that's the philosophy. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's like one of the, I read something recently that was like, you want to put your homeowner, you want the story to be about them and you want them to come to the realization that they need the problem versus, you know, if you don't repair your roof before next week, your, your house is going to collapse or something, right. you know, the, kind of that fear mongering thing. And I, I personally relate to the, you know, the things that, that you're putting out there, that kind of inspiration based stuff. So that, that's really awesome. I love that like insight into, um, you know, how you're kind of centering your marketing and, and how you're kind of talking to homeowners on that side of stuff. That's yeah, no, awesome. I, I'll tell them stuff though. Um, like for example, there are some bad things that'll happen if you, if your gutters don't work properly. Mm. I mean, you'll have water running down in the inside of your walls of your house. You'll have your gutters pulling off of the house if they're clogged up with leaves. There's, uh, if they get ice in them and freeze, they'll, they'll pull off. There's a lot of things that'll happen. If your shingles are bad on your roof, you're going to have leaks in your house. There mm. are things that are going to happen. Um, so I, I don't, when I say bright and sunny, I mean, there's information that is provided. I'll tell people a lot of times with our social posts, we'll say, here are five reasons why you should get leaf guard gutters. Um, and we'll tell them, you know, or, or we'll say something like, um, have you noticed there are water spots on your ceiling or something like that? You know, we'll say here are five signs to look for when you need new siding. So I try to give information. Um, we just did a post I did one. I think it's in the oh, it's in the newsletter coming up. Actually, it's going out tomorrow. All <laughs> um, right. The news it'll it says it's a spring checklist. All the things you should do around your house for your spring checklist. Now, not all of it is business that we can provide, but some of it is. There's gutters on there and siding and roofing for sure. But there's lawn care and things like that. So um, there's a lot of things that I have to. I, I want to educate people and and help them to know more about what to look for in home improvement. Yeah, that education piece is huge. And that, yeah. that's awesome that you're kind of honing in on that. Um, that kind of it kind of transitions into my next question, kind of next topic. And I know we're running up against time in here. So I'm, I'm going to you know ask this. We, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but, you know, you're, you're mentioning social media, you're mentioning newsletters. And um, one of the things that we were talking about is uh, that mixing bowl strategy. So that mixing yeah. bowl marketing strategy. 
Tell, can you explain what the mixing bowl strategy? I don't know if you have a mixing bowl on hand today, but if you could, if, if you could talk about no. it a little bit. Um, no, I don't have one of a soup bowl. But <laughs> so um, when I was at Archidec, um, we had national meetings, and I'd have to stand up in front of the all the franchise system. They would come in from all over the country. You know, there'd be a hundred and some franchisees, and I wanted to visually explain something to them. I mean, this is mostly men, and they probably advertising was not something they were going to maybe, I guess they weren't seasoned professionals in, in that because they were out building and selling. So I, I had took a big bowl and I had labels on different things. And literally I had a big bowl and I threw in and, and I'll use right now, we can use what we're doing now. So I would throw in home shows because they are coming back. We do home shows. I would throw in television. I'd throw in radio. I'd throw in, if you were doing Valpac, if you were doing Reach, um, it could be, let's see, pay-per-click would be in there. Um, it would be I guess our newsletter, we'd put that in there. Events, if you do events, all those things, your website, all those things. I put a little card in that mixing bowl and I took it and I just stirred it up and stirred it up. It's just like baking a cake. If you mm -hmm. don't have eggs and flour and sugar in your cake, it's not going to do really well. So the same thing I was explaining is the same thing as with a marketing mix. If you don't have a good mix of media, now it doesn't have to be 25 things. It might be four things or three things or five things. But you need to have a mix. If you put all your marketing in one basket, Facebook, that's it, and a website, you, you're going to have some trouble. You need to have a good, solid mix of marketing, whatever it might be, media, advertising, community events. And that's how I look at it here. Now, we focus on television and we focused on pay-per-click. We do community events. We do home shows. We have a newsletter. We have social media. I forgot social media. Yeah. And that goes in there as well. Um, so we have all that stuff and it mixes up. And a person might see us. You know, they have to see you seven times before they even know who you are. So we hope they see us here and here and here and here and here because we've done an integrated marketing mix of everything and that's how that's my marketing mix strategy my marketing bowl strategy strategy it's it's i think it's just an easy way to be able to visualize it the mix yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so when it comes to those ingredients you know what how, how do you determine you know what we should do this year what what pieces of the cake we should put in this this time of year that that sort of thing with your approach to that well, so our owner, uh, before I came here, uh, I came here in 2016, and they had been doing infomercials. Um, LeafGuard has a company in Arkansas that does a lot of infomercials for them. And so we do those. They run primarily in news. A lot of, most of the time during the day, we don't run prime time because their strategy is high frequency. And so you're not, mm -hmm. that's good, but you have to watch your cost. So you're not going to be in prime time. So we do them, mm -hmm. you know, during the day and then um, we do pay-per-click. So um, you, the idea is that, you know, you want to focus on what's going to work for you the best. Those are the two things that have done really well for us. We'll continue to do television. It works well for us. Pay-per-click has just exploded. Last week was probably the best week we've had since I've been here. It was just, I don't know what happened last week. Hmm. Maybe good weather, but hmm. it was, they were coming in in droves. So that's great. And then um, we'll add some other things to it. I mean, like I, I think we talked about, uh, 
home shows and, and uh, community events, we do some of those. So all that stuff together hopefully is going to build us a good a good plan going forward. And it will have to be adjusted. We adjusted it last year. We adjusted it in 2019. We adjusted it in 2018. Every year it will have to adjust. I'd like to add back a little print, some Val pack. Mm -hmm. It did really well for us. Um, but we'll see if that happens. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I love hearing just, you know, how you go about you know, creating that that marketing campaign, that integrated marketing campaign that you mentioned. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, so I think we're running up against time, but I have one last question I like to ask every sure. guest. And that's the last tip before we did. So okay. what's the number one piece of advice you would give, um, you know, anyone in the home improvement industry, marketers, salespeople, contractors, you know, anyone that that's looking for marketing advice? Well, I'm going to say something that's going to really surprise you. <laughs> And it's really, really simple. And you're just going to go, wow. Answer the phone. <laughs> it's a simple, simple thing. And I'm going to tell you, when I go out and speak at places, that's one of the things that I tell people. If you call us, we're going to answer the phone. If you call us on Saturday night, we have answering service. If you call us on Monday morning, we're going to answer live. You're not going to get press one for this, press two for this, press five for this, press six for this. Oh, wait a minute. You got to start all over again. And you're not also not going to get a recorder. You leave a message and you might hear back. We got a survey last week, and it's not the first one that said this, and it asked, why did you pick exterior source? And the, the lady who filled it out said they were the only one of four who called us back. Really? And that's not unusual. It's very, it's normal because a lot of times you're, sometimes you're dealing with a person who is a one-person operation. They can't answer the phone, sell, install, and do all that, and maybe they don't have the money to have somebody handling some of that for them but then they don't call you back and you're waiting here you know you need your siding replaced you had a, a woodpecker eat half of your siding and you there's a board that's falling off you have a hole in your roof you can't wait for a week for somebody to call you back you need immediate gratification <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's i know that sounds really funny to say that but good customer service starts when when you answer the phone so that's that's my one piece of advice. And after that, you better focus on the customer and be responsive to them, follow up with them, and not just say you're giving good customer service because I've done a lot of stuff with home improvement lately myself in my own home, and I've had some really bad customer service. So we're very cognizant of it here, and I mm -hmm. particularly am. So um, yeah, customer service, answer the phone. <laughs> That's two, that's two tips for one. There you go. That's that's a deal. <laughs> it's pretty simple. It sounds kind of funny, but um, that's yeah. And I, I guess you could also say make sure you keep your website up to date. That's a mm -hmm. that's a very important thing. Don't have a website that somebody clicks on a link and it doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. We we had that problem happen. Something happened to the website a couple of weeks ago, and we had some of our uh, brochures not work. And but then, of course, I found out about it and we fixed them. But, you know, look at your website every once in a while. Click the link. Make sure the links work. <laughs> Customers hate that when it doesn't yeah. work because they just want to do something. They want to click and see something. So, yeah. yeah, that's another thing. 
Well, that's awesome, Vicky. Uh, yeah, I think we're right up against the time. And th- this has been, you know, an awesome podcast. And <laughs> thank you so much for sharing a lot of these insights. Um, you know, every everything that you're saying, I know I've personally experienced in my career. And I, I think a lot of people that are that have operated in that kind of small team, stressful environment um, have experienced some of these things. But it's very rewarding, you know, when you're seeing mm-hmm. success. So yes. it's always great to hear. Um, so, Vicky, thanks so much for stopping by again. And, and until next time. Absolutely. Thank you.